0: Happy New Year's, everybody. Welcome into the DNDR Rams podcast, presented as always by Drafting Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use the promo code DNDR when you sign up. All right, it was a crazy day in sports. Going to start with a brief intro on the college football semifinals. Two really epic games, a pair of shootouts, really everything that you could ask for as a college football fan. Dang near got two upsets, but we did get one. So I'll talk about that, and then we're obviously going to talk about a disappointing home loss for CSU men's basketball. Tim Miles and the San Jose Spartans earned the program's first ever win over CSU. Miles gets a win in his first game back at Moby Arena. Remember, last year they only played once, and unfortunately it was a road game for CSU. Still don't understand that one. But we'll get to that CSU game here in just a couple of minutes. Figured I'd start with the more fun subject. Which is that, you know, these bowl games and especially the college football semi games have been really good. Friday was awesome. Even before that, Thursday had a good slate. They were all one score games. On Wednesday, we had Oregon upset North Carolina. Uh, we had the crazy Kansas Arkansas game. There have been a lot of fun matchups. And obviously, there have been a couple of blowouts as well. That's always going to happen in bowl season. But It's kind of one of those situations where it's fun if you want to enjoy it. You can focus on the bad games, but that's the case in any sport. There's always a couple of stinkers. There's always a couple of really good ones, in my opinion, just as a college football fan, as a guy that watches this year in and year out. It's been a pretty good month. It's been a pretty good month of college football watching. Wyoming fell to Ohio in the Barstool Arizona Bowl. Going in, I was just curious what that production would look like. Honestly, I'm not a big barstool guy. I'm not here to get on a soapbox or anything like that. It's just not my type of content traditionally, but it was a really good production. The The camera quality was way better than a lot of games you see even on you know CBS Sports Network or like FS2. In terms of the visual quality, it was NFL style cameras, so I was really impressed. I did have the broadcast muted for most of the game because I had another matchup on the TV, but... I I was impressed overall. Still wish it was on actual TV, but I think it was a cool way to present a a game that probably wouldn't have drawn that big of a national audience anyways. I don't know. I was fairly skeptical going in, but it was a better broadcast than what we saw when CSU played Nevada in the Arizona Bowl back in, I believe that was 2016 or 2015. I think it was Bobo's first year because the second year was the Ice Bowl debacle. Anyways, I just wanted to give credit where credit was due because I was fairly skeptical when they announced it, but they honestly did a good job. I enjoyed the broadcast from what I saw. Maybe someday we can have an all-city network bowl. That'd be awesome. As far as the semifinal games go, I was, you know, fairly vocal about not giving TCU a chance, so I got to eat some crow there. It's not that I thought they were a bad team or anything like that. I just didn't think that they would match up with Michigan in the trenches. They flat out kicked Michigan's ass in the trenches. Duggan was special. He's been tremendous all season. He would have been my pick for the Heisman just because this is what he did in every big game all year long. Probably should have given TCU more respect because of that. But from a CSU perspective, and this is kind of a half-baked idea, so I'll talk about it more in the future. I thought this was really, really encouraging. I mean, this is a a program that has air raid concepts. They really emphasize, you know, track athletes and speed, and they're proof that if you get the right guys in that system, you can coach them up, you can develop them, you can do some big time things, and you can really offset, you know, a large size gap. Just TCU's athleticism as a whole and their team speed was so impressive. I just couldn't help but think that you know, CSU's offense could be that dynamic and that explosive if they can just figure out this offensive line situation because you have a ton of speed and talent at the receiver position like TCU. And to me, that was the big gap between TCU and Michigan. Those TCU receivers were game changers. They constantly got open, particularly when Duggan was running around, you know, doing the scramble drill. They would just do a good job of kind of going into a, just an opening and, and finding a way to make plays. The mesh route touchdown that they had in the red zone in particular looks exactly like something CSU would run with Torrey Horton. I'm not saying that CSU is going to be the next TCU or be in the college football playoff or anything like that, but the Rams obviously have you know, a challenging schedule with a couple of Power 5 teams. The, the Mountain West is really good. But if they get that offense rolling with the talent that they're going to return on defense, who knows? You know, Who knows what's possible? As far as Ohio State, Georgia goes, Man, what a tough loss for the Buckeyes. They had it. But that's what those top programs do, especially when you have a veteran quarterback, guys that are experienced in the system on both sides of the football. They're never panicked. I mean, I know people hate listening to me wax on about Alabama, but if you watch them closely, a guy like Bryce Young, you can never rattle him. And people want to dog on Stetson Bennett and I understand that he doesn't have the same physical gifts that a lot of these other quarterbacks have, but he's the perfect guy to run that system. He seems to always connect on the timely throws down the field, helps when an Ohio State corner falls down, and you can get a 76-yard touchdown to get the comeback rolling. But they're just just—they're patient, they're composed, and they're well-coached. That timeout by Kirby Smart on the fake punt was huge. That's why you've got to play and be locked in for four quarters against a team like that, because it it really can come down to a couple of key moments. And if you give Georgia any opening at all, they're going to take advantage. It's what they did. I know Ohio State ended up losing, and quite honestly, I'm not an Ohio State guy. I openly root against them. I came away even more impressed with them. Sometimes you play a crazy game and you come up just short. But man, we were so close to getting two upsets and that's a really great sign because historically a lot of these college football semi-games have been blowouts. When teams go down big, they haven't been able to respond. In both of these cases, teams went down double digits and they were able to come roaring back. Hopefully we get more of these with an expanded playoff because that was as much fun as I've had as a college football fan, just watching a pair of teams that I'm not emotionally invested in in quite some time. It was just a really good day. Almost made me forget how cruddy I felt, so that's a testament to these games. Speaking of which, the fans, the tradition, the glory, there's nothing more thrilling than college football. It's bowl season and the action is far from over. My go-to for betting is with DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. Unfortunately, if you're not in yet, you missed out on the semis, but we've still got the other New Year's Six Bowls coming up. We've got the college football playoff final coming up. And right now, new customers can place a $5 pregame money line bet on a college football team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Plus, everyone can combine multiple bets for a bigger payout with DraftKings' same-game parlay. I unfortunately took a tough loss in the Michigan game. Got it back on the Georgia with the over, but, you know, that's how it goes. Sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use the code DNVR, new customers can place a $5 pregame money line bet on college football and get $150 if your team does. With that code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook, minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I also want to tell you guys about AG1. If you want better gut health, more energy and optimized immune system, but you don't like taking pills and vitamins like me, if you want a supplement that actually tastes great, and you want to, if you wanna see what the hype is all about, you gotta check out a g one, me, and basically all of my coworkers have been on it for well over a year. Everybody loves it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. You know it's not chalky like some of those other supplements. It has kind of a mild tropical taste, but you look forward to it. It just becomes a great part of your routine. What it is is seventy five high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, aging, basically all the things. You can put it in water. I put it in orange juice a lot of the time. You can travel with it nice and easy. It's convenient. And what's awesome is it's lifestyle friendly. So whether you're keto, paleo, vegan free, dairy free, gluten free, you're good. Less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. It's less than $3 a day, so it's cheaper than cold brew, and it's a great way to invest in your health. And they have over 7,000 five-star reviews. It's recommended by professional athletes, trusted by leading health experts, so you don't just have to take my word for it. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free 1-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com/rams again, that is athleticgreens.com/rams to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, all right, all right. CSU Men's basketball falls to 8 and 7 overall. They lose 78-70 to to San Jose State at Moby Arena. As I said before, the first ever win for San Jose State over CSU. San Jose State has a winning record in the Mountain West under ten Miles for the first time ever. They're rolling, and they're one of many frisky and competitive teams in the Mountain West. But this is definitely one that got away from the Rams. I mean, they were up double digits. You know, you go up 14 in the first half, it kind of feels like it's going to be a blowout or at least a a bounce back performance for this group. The offense was functioning really well out of the gate, particularly when it was Isaiah Stevens running the show. It seems like they're doing a little bit more pick and roll with him this year. And it's great to see, because I think it's an effective way to get Cartier uh, and Kyle Evans involved. Isaiah is so deadly in the mid range, whether it's with those floaters or just, you know, traditional jump shots that it allows him to get a, a lot of uncontested looks. But they just let San Jose State hang around, you know, with about four or five minutes left in the first half. I tweeted that it'd be a great opportunity to extend the lead, just kind of felt like they were letting San Jose State, you know, sit there, just trail 10, 12. And instead of, you know, really putting the the pedal to the metal and getting like a 20 point lead before halftime, they failed to take advantage of it. San Jose State, after starting three of 16 from the floor over the first 12 minutes or so. Ended up hitting eight of their final 11 attempts from the floor. Went four of four to close the the first half over the last minute and a half or so. A lot of that from Omari Moore. He led the game in scoring with 29 points, 9 of 15 from the floor, 5 of 8 from deep. A lot of those threes late in the first half. Kind of feels like that's how it's been the last couple of years, whether it's Bryce Hamilton, Matt Bradley, Maldonado, whoever it may be. These guys tend to, to go off against CSU for some reason, have a career day, but he was really awesome for them. And to San Jose State's credit, they took advantage, ended up going into the break only trailing by three, but you could feel that the momentum had completely shifted. And then in the second half, San Jose State was just the more aggressive and effective offensive and defensive team. After hitting 8 of 11 over the final 8 minutes of that first half, they went 15 of 30 from the floor. Uh, Overall, in the second half, 5 of 12 from deep, 41.7%. CSU only hit 13 of 31 shots, only 3 of 12 from deep. And I was covering this game remotely, so I want to be as fair as possible. You know, Didn't get an opportunity to ask the players or Nico about some of this stuff, but it it just kind of felt like they... Hurtled a little bit after San Jose State closed closed with that hot run over the first um, at the end of the first half, excuse me. They outscored CSU 21-13 over the first nine minutes of the second half, but you could feel like they just weren't responding. At least not the same way that we've kind of become accustomed to seeing this group play, you know, in tight games over the last couple of years. And it just it got away from them. This game got away from the Rams in a hurry and they just couldn't seem to to turn it around. As far as uh, some of the takeaways go, CSU has to defend the perimeter better. Opponents have hit double-digit threes in four of the last six. The other two were eight and nine. That only happened once in the first nine games. In this game in particular, it just kind of felt like guys were not fighting hard enough to get over the top of some of those screens. They went underneath everything. Way too many uncontested looks for San Jose State from deep. You can get away with it every now and then if you're a step late, but particularly if if you're going to do it over and over again, you know, that's going to give shooters the confidence to just let it fly. Once you start seeing the the bottom of the net, it's game over. The Rams, on the other hand, just couldn't knock down open shots. I mean, they have not been a great three-point shooting team this year. I think they have guys that are capable of doing it. And largely, I'm I'm not upset with the shot selection. I feel like they've done a pretty good job of moving the basketball. They only had two turnovers in this one, which was great. But they're missing a lot of open shots three games in a row now where they've finished 30% or below from three-point range. That's just not going to get it done, especially when the other teams are as hot from deep as CSU's opponents have been lately. They definitely just got to be better along the perimeter on both sides of the basketball. They're not a great rebounding team, which has been a problem all season. They've lost the battle on the glass in 11 of 15 games. Haven't finished on top since November. But San Jose State finished plus 15 in this one, 42 rebounds to CSU's 27. They had 11 offensive rebounds, resulting in 9 second chance points. And that's the difference. It's an 8-point game right there. But it just kind of feels like this is a team without an identity at the moment, and that's not shocking given that you lost a first-round draft pick, a guy that was a big part of what you did both offensively and defensively in David Roddy, and it's also not surprising given the lack of continuity from game to game. You start the year without Isaiah Stevens and without Josiah Strong, who unfortunately continues to miss time due to complications from having mono. But you're able to kind of withstand not having Isaiah. You finally get him back. And now all of a sudden you're missing Tavy Jackson and Jalen Lake and Josiah Strong for an extended period of time. Tavy actually did play in this one. It was a game-time decision. Played 14 minutes in total. Looked fairly rusty. Picked up five quick fouls. But it's been a tough spot. Essentially every single game this year, you've been missing at least two key contributors. Guys that would be ideally playing... You know, 30-ish minutes a night. I understand that's a part of basketball, and you can't lose at home when you're up double digits, even if it's in the first half, but I do think that the lack of roster continuity has been a big factor with this team's lack of success so far this year. I do think they're going to be better come March, unless they just quit, which I don't foresee happening under this staff, but it's a team that has a lot of guys playing roles that they wouldn't ideally be you know no offense to Baylor Heb to you know Joe Palmer but they would not be playing this many minutes in an ideal scenario but that's just part of the breaks of basketball sometimes it goes your way sometimes it doesn't for a couple of years the rams were really fortunate to have a ton of roster continuity guys were not leaving you know out of the transfer portal they were able to stay relatively healthy and that team chemistry was big particularly in close games you know some nights where maybe your star guys weren't their best but this group is really struggling right now, and they're going to have to figure it out quickly because the schedule does not get any easier. I would run more sets where it's just Isaiah trying to create something, whether that's you know just setting screens at the top of the key, allowing him to create some shots in ISO situations, maybe post up here and there. But I would try and make sure that just about everything offensively is running through him because I just feel like it's when the Rams get their best looks. He's missed a lot of open shots that we're not used to seeing as well, but I still think it's just the rust of of trying to get back. He had 24 points to lead CSU tonight, 7-16 overall, 2-6 from deep. Did hit 8 of 10 free throws, also had 10 assists, so another double-double for him. I just think CSU needs his composure. The other guys in double digits, Tanjay, had 10 points, 3 of 13 from the floor. He's not shooting the ball super well, but he's playing good defense. Cartier, 12 points, 5-9 from the floor. He played 23 minutes. Isaiah Rivera, 10 points. Also had two rebounds and three assists in 32 minutes. But guys have just got to start knocking down some of these open shots. You know, there have been a lot of missed layups this year, a lot of open threes. And then on the other end, this team has got to figure out how to play more consistent defense for 40 minutes a night. Or it could be a long season. I have faith in the staff and some of these veterans to figure it out. Hopefully, they'll get some of these guys back soon, and that'll make a major difference. But it's definitely been a tough way to start the conference slate. That's for sure. Rams led for 27 minutes in this one. 27 minutes at home. Anyways, no sense dwelling on. We'll have more content coming up. Big matchup coming up on Wednesday night in Reno for the Rams. This Nevada team has been better than expected we'll see what happens there. Hope everybody is staying safe tonight, making smart decisions, all of that jazz. I'm continually overwhelmed by all the support that you guys show me both just with my content and in my personal life. Everything I I really can't even put into words how much all of you guys mean to me, but you genuinely do mean the world. And I appreciate that you take, you know, a little part of your day to listen to me ramble on about CSU and college basketball and college football and all the other crazy things i managed to squeeze in here big things are coming in 2023 happy new year's y'all